Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Joe Biden made an appearance today. That's weird. We haven't forgotten about Afghanistan. You shouldn't either have some heartbreaking stuff to show you tonight. We have congressional hearings today with Democrats making idiots of themselves. All that and more coming up on I'm Right. I want to see Joe Biden every day. And hold on, let me explain, let me explain. I know you're probably yelling at the TV right now, I don't go away, Joe. And, and I obviously, I, I feel the same way, but hear me out here. Here's what we have. We have a situation. We, the United States of America, our top executive, the president of the United States of America, he has some things going on. Some really, really, really not good things. And therefore, I, an American citizen, feel like I am owed an appearance by Joe Biden every day. And here's why. First and foremost, Joe Biden has some extremely crooked connections that make it look like he is possibly compromised as president of the United States of America. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. We now know verified laptop emails his son, Hunter, connections to China, 
who's also in bed with Joe Biden. We know Joe Biden's connected into Ukraine, again, through his son, Hunter. Therefore, when Joe Biden disappears to Delaware for 40% of his presidency, where he, which he has done, and doesn't keep records of who he's meeting, I feel like the President of the United States of America is doing something dirty behind my back. That's one reason. The second reason is the, the President of the United States of America is quite obviously mentally impaired. What that actually is, I don't know. You can ask a thousand experts, you get a thousand different answers. Is it, is it just senile? Is it dementia? Is it Alzheimer's? I don't know what it is. Anyone with two eyes and two ears can see that the President of the United States of America is not physically or mentally up to the task. Therefore, I would like to see the President of the United States of America every single day because I want to know what, is he, what he's doing. I want to know, is he meeting with people he shouldn't be meeting with? I want to know, is he receiving treatment, medical of some kind, to keep him upright because he barely looks upright every time he makes an appearance? Joe Biden rolled out this big budget proposal today. Corinne Diversity Hire looked a little bit shady when someone asked her, where's he been? And so the president is always working, always making sure that he, he not even always making sure, he does have the American people at the top of mind every day. Uh, he is uh, uh, constantly meeting with his senior staff. Does that sound like an honest answer? Or does that sound like the most obvious lie of all time? Hey, uh, where's Joe? I haven't seen him in a couple days. He is the president. Well, I mean, he's always in uh, meetings. He's got a lot of ins, a lot of outs. He's just got a lot, various things. Well, that, now I'm even more suspicious. And then who knows what the list of reasons could be. It could be the medical treatments. It could be the meeting of, well, with corrupt people, possibly foreign entities. Could be. Who knows? Maybe it's just that Joe Biden is not in control of his mouth. He never has been in control of his mouth. And now he regularly walks up to the microphone and says things that then his entire administration has to try to walk back insane things like this about Black Lives Matter. No one can tell me that if had been a group of Black Lives Matter protesting yesterday, there wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have been treated very, very differently than the mob of thugs that stormed the Capitol. We all, we all know that's true. Well, that landed like a fart in church, and he pretty much does that every single time he goes to the microphone, says something horrific. Or maybe there's another reason why Joe Biden hasn't been seen in a couple days. Maybe the reason is Afghanistan. And I'm going to calm down. I'm calming down. Totally calm here. Because Joe Biden, I will never forget this moment. I believe it is the defining moment of his presidency. We screwed that whole thing up, and we'll get to some heartbreaking video about that in a second. And when those 13 bodies came home, Joe Biden stood there on the tarmac and checked his watch multiple times when he was supposed to be honoring those families and honoring the fallen. And it's not a small thing. It's not a little internet thing. It shows everything about the level of care from this human being for this nation. And you remember when he was asked about it, just horrific. I mean, the country collapsed. It's a nightmare for them. Our people are dead. Let's not forget about the fact we murdered 10 civilians, 10 innocent civilians with the drone. And then he's asked about it later on. 
and he just he can't help himself and maybe it's because his brain has melted into tapioca pudding at this point in time he can't help but just sound so cold that was a couple days ago no no one told me I mean, well, no one told me a way that we could have done it any better certain things that are just like for example Afghanistan well I've been against that war in Afghanistan for the, from the very beginning we're spending 300 million dollars a week in Afghanistan over 20 years now how do you know everybody says you could have gotten out without any anybody being hurt no one's come up with a way to ever indicate to me how that happens which is of course an insane idea you shut down a very secure air force base and then as the country collapsed you scrambled because it didn't look very good politically and so you sent a bunch of marines soldiers sailors and airmen back into a civilian air base that couldn't possibly be secured. So after your own insanity, your own ineptitude, a bunch of young Marines found themselves standing guard outside of a civilian air force base, and they eventually got blown up. Would you like to know, would you like to hear from one of the people who was there, minus an arm and a leg now today, would you like to hear from the other side what it looks like when you have insanity, incompetence, nefarious, whatever you want to call it. You want to hear from the other side? This is Sergeant Andrews Vargas. Over the communication network, we passed that there was a potential threat and an IED attack imminent. This was as serious as it could get. I requested engagement authority while my team leader was ready on the M110 semi-automatic sniper system. The response, leadership did not have the engagement authority for us. Do not engage. I requested for the battalion commander, Lieutenant Colonel Brad Whited, to come to the tower to see what we did. While we waited for him, psychological operations individuals came to our tower immediately and confirmed the suspect met the suicide bomber description. He eventually arrived and we showed him our evidence, the photos we had of the two men. We reassured him of the ease of fire on the suicide bomber. Pointedly, we asked him for engagement authority and permission. We asked him if we could shoot. Our battalion commander said, and I quote, I don't know, end quote. Myself and my team leader asked very harshly, well, who does? Because this is your responsibility, sir. He again replied, he did not know, but would find out. We received no update and never got our answer. Eventually, the individual disappeared. To this day, we believe he was a suicide bomber. We made everyone on the ground aware. Operations had briefly halted, but then started again. Plain and simple, we were ignored. Our expertise was disregarded. No one was held accountable for our safety. About 1730, Staff Sergeant Darren Hoover, friend and mentor. came to get me from the tower to go help find an Afghan interpreter in the crowd. 10 minutes passed. <clears throat> then a flash <clears throat> and a massive wave of pressure. I'm thrown 12 feet onto the ground, but instantly knew what had happened. I opened my eyes to Marines dead or unconscious lying around me. A crowd of hundreds immediately vanished in front of me, and my body was catastrophically wounded with 100 to 150 ball bearings now in it. Our military members and veterans deserve our best because that is what we give to America. The withdrawal, <clears throat> the withdrawal was a catastrophe in my opinion, and there was an ex inexcusable lack of accountability and negligence. The 11 Marines, one sailor, <clears throat> and one soldier that were murdered that day have not been answered for. 
That was Sergeant Vargas Andrews again, no right arm, no leg. He had his stomach ripped open, and obviously, as you can see from him, the worst of it was that he got to wake up and see all of his dead friends around him. The Biden administration did that. They're responsible for that. And then it's maybe just as sad that our response to that was to send in a drone strike and we murdered 10 completely innocent people, many of them children, six, if memory serves me right. This country, I, I don't know what's happened to us, but it's not good. But either way, you look at videos like that and the recruitment numbers, which are in free fall in this country, they do make sense. Right? I don't know how many emails I've gotten since Afghanistan to my show telling me, Jesse, this is why I won't let my son join. Or from the young men themselves, Jesse, this is why I won't join. I'm going to go do something else. Jesse, I'm going to go do something else. This country, including military leadership, not just Joe Biden, that battalion commander, all of them, the military leadership in this country is a disgrace. And our men and women on the ground deserve so much better than this crap. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. We have a rip-roaring good show for you. Jeffrey Tucker, I love when Jeffrey Tucker gets here. He's going to join us next, and we'll riff on a few things. Now, as we go into that, let's go into something good. Let's go into something good. What if you could feel better than you already do in the afternoon? You hit that afternoon wall ever? I used to all the time. Two, three o'clock in the afternoon. I, hey, somebody get me a, a Mountain Dew. You, you ever been there? Maybe you're there right now. You know that if you were to take a male vitality stack or a female vitality stack, do you know that a 20% increase in your testosterone in 90 days, fellas, or ladies, all the wonderful natural things in the female vitality stack, do you understand that you'll be bouncing off the walls still in the afternoon? You don't need that 20 minutes on the couch any longer. You ready to feel better, stronger, but more focus? Go to chalk.com, C-H-O-Q.com. Promo code JESSE gets you 35% off the subscriptions. So get a subscription, don't pay full price. Chalk.com, promo code JESSE. We'll be back. COVID-19 more likely was the result of an accidental lab leak than a result of a natural spillover event. Is it likely that American tax dollars funded the gain of function research that created this virus? I think it did, not only from NIH, but from the State Department, USAID, and from DOD. Has gain of function stopped a pandemic, in your opinion? No, on the contrary, I think it probably caused the greatest pandemic our world has seen. Uh. That kind of seems like a big deal. I bet Jeffrey Tucker has a couple things to say about that. Founder and president of the Brownstone Institute. Jeffrey, I should probably just hand the rest of the show to you because I can't wait to hear this. Take it away, sir. Uh, we have Redfield here throwing Fauci under the bus. And he was definitely excluded in those early days. It seemed like what was happening, and I had sort of reconstructed this whole history in my own mind, but... Um, as news of the virus was pouring out of ch China and they had pursued lockdown policies, Fauci was gathering with Farrar 
and a handful of other people to try to figure out whether or not they would be blamed for this virus, the severity of which they hadn't not entirely understood. And so they began basically to focus on, uh, on, on damage control. And I'm not sure whose idea it was, is Farrar or Fauci or somebody that said, well, let's just deny it. Let's just say that this is of natural origin, wet market origin. And so uh, between uh, uh, January 31st and about uh, February 4th, they're burning up the phone lines trying to figure this out. Now, what's crucial here is that uh, the focus wasn't on the public health concerns and how many people would die and what the consequences would be of that. It was to try to figure out how to uh, uh, avoid being blamed, how to be uh, not culpable for this, because there's no question that that Fauci and Farrar both knew that the UK and US governments had funded the lab in Wuhan. So, uh, And so they suspected that this was a, a lab leak. And so they cobbled together a, a plan on how to deny it. Uh, but they excluded Redfield because Redfield was pretty sure his lab leak. Lab leaks are actually very common uh, in virology. It's not unusual. Then gang of, gang of function research is also very common despite being banned. So they figured that it had, it had leaked out. And so that was that was the plan. Redfield was was excluded from it. Uh, now uh, it was also in these days that uh, that they uh, probably began to kind of uh, toy around in their minds with the idea of lockdowns. Now Fauci uh, was not at this point convinced that that uh, lockdowns were necessary. They wanted to see uh, if the virus spread. But uh, once it once Italy locked down. They, they they decided that, that would be the right course for the U.S. also. Um, it's a mystery why it is that Redfield himself was a major proponent of, of lockdowns and, and masking, as you recall. <clears throat> but... Uh, but nonetheless, and 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 also censorship of of the science. So it, which unlike what he said in the testimony. <laughs> but nonetheless, it it is interesting. What he's trying to do here is avoid any kind of blame himself and put it all back on Fauci. Let's get to something that I find to be so revealing. Maybe frightening is a better way to put it. It seems like early on, as you mentioned, public health was not the concern. But, Jeffrey, please correct me if I'm wrong. The way I read a lot of this stuff, it looks like the main concern was protecting China or protecting some entity in China. And I'm talking, it looked like our people were concerned about that. Am I reading that wrong? Because that's sure what it looks like to me. Um. Yeah, well, the, the, the NIH and that Wuhan lab had very close ties. And so they had were sort of bound up with each other. Now, China very quickly cr- cracked down on information coming from that lab and information on the virus itself. So, um, so you know, that was probably uh, also approved by, by Fauci and Farrar, if not explicitly, at least implicitly. Uh, they wanted information shut down. Uh, the, the real scandal was that they came out with this paper uh, they generated a paper claiming it wasn't a lab leak within uh, just like two or three days, you know, and uh, that went out on a preprint and eventually uh, landed in print. 
uh, once the lockdowns hit the, the U.S. and appeared in, in Nature. And then the two, two co-authors of that, we recently found out, several months later got uh, $9 million in grants, grant money from NIH. So, yeah, there was definitely a lot of payoffs and, and things going on. They had flown into a, a sort of paranoid uh, f- freak freak out during this period. They were using burner phones, you know, to communicate and secret phone calls. So they were definitely up to something, hiding something. And and by the way, uh, Jeremy Farrar of the Wellcome Trust in in Britain reported all this in the fall of 21 in his book. So I don't understand why that has not gotten more attention. Like, why do you go to burner phones? Why do you need all these secret calls? And I think, so... (laughs) The, the problem was that they had themselves um, <clears throat> knew that probably they had a role in the creation of this virus. So they wanted to pitch it as as a um, possible bioweapon coming from, from uh, China, right? And so that uh, uh, activated the U.S. national security response and ultimately led to a transfer of power from the CDC and NIH over to the National Security Council and the Department of Homeland Security, uh, which managed the pandemic response. So they really did put the U.S. on this kind of wartime uh, military-style uh, footing. It felt like quasi-martial law at the time because okay. it was, yeah. yeah. Okay, you got a piece out finally in the Epic Times, you have a piece out saying Fauci wanted human separation forever? What? That can't be right. Yeah. Uh, So uh, Fauci's got a lot of weird views on things. So once the lockdowns happened, uh, by the way, I'm not sure that we knew he was a crazy person until this pandemic. I mean, we always knew he was sort of up to no good and and, uh, a classic bureaucrat with very little clinical experience. I mean, after all, he's the one who shepherded us through the AIDS crisis, as you recall. But in August of 2020, he wrote an article for Cell. I think he, once the lockdowns happened, he sort of started liking them and, and thought, well, this is a good template for the future. And, and in August, in a, an article in, in the journal called Cell, he actually wrote that the real problem with infectious disease dates back to uh, uh, the, the year... Uh, uh, tw- twelve. Well, dates back twelve thousand years ago. Once human beings started moving around uh, and and having contact with each other. Once we left, you know, the, a pure tribal existence and started um, <clears throat> uh, trading with each other in agricultural communities. That's when infectious disease became a problem. Most of this, most of this article is focused on. Uh, the cholera epidemic of the late 19th century, which he said would never have happened if we hadn't, you know, had so much migration in the world. So at the end of the article, uh, he he says, well, we can't we can't go back 12,000 years, but we can uh, put an elite in charge of the world that can give us a new infrastructure of human existence. And among the things he wants to get rid of are. Um, uh, large numbers of members of each household. We should only be limited to a certain number of people in each household. Cities need to be dismantled. Sporting events need to stop. Uh, freedom to, to own pets needs to end. I mean, it's really a very extreme and wild article. And then uh, he confirmed that again um, uh, in another article in Cell that came out only 
last month. I mean, basically, uh, he saw the pandemic as, as an opportunity to completely reconstruct the social order uh, led by technocratic uh, scientists, uh, which would necessarily entail radical reductions in uh, the population, of course, too, and in the freedom to travel and so on. So this is why um, I'm very concerned uh, right now about all the developments going on within uh, the deep state, because it seems like Fauci's vision of a, what I'm calling techno primitivism seems to be seems to be coming uh, true. Uh, let me turn that off. Seems to be coming true in the attack on fossil fuels, uh, the attack on the freedom to travel, uh, uh, you know, just just every you know the the pushing for us to get used to eating bugs. I mean, it all just kind of points to, uh, to to the realization of the Fauci views. I, I think there's every reason to be terrified that these people got uh, the big head during uh, during the lockdown years and have every intention to repeat it. Jeffrey, I appreciate it, man. Come back soon. Okay, thank you. The January 6th stuff, still weird. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Now, before we talk about that, let's talk about this. I know you saw what the Federal Reserve Chairman said earlier this week. I know you saw him say we're in for some bumpy times, interest rates and things like that. Let me put this as gently as I possi possibly can. Because we have a consumer economy, what that means is we don't have a manufacturing economy anymore. 70% of our economy is consumer spending. That means what our economy needs to go is you to feel good so you'll go out and spend money. They want you out there this weekend shopping and buying cars and ice cream cones and everything else, going out to restaurants. That's what keeps our economy going. Therefore, you should know that the people who run our economy, sadly, they want you to be as confident as possible. So when those same people are basically telling you to batten down the hatches, now would be a really, really good time to call Oxford Gold and get some gold in your 401k and IRA, all right? It would be a really good time to get some gold and silver delivered to your front door, the physical kind as well. Oxford Gold can do all that for you. How about doing that right about now? 833-995-GOLD, all right? 833-995-GOLD. Now's a really good time. We'll be back. Yet, the power of repetition uh, is such that, you know, people like Tucker Carlson, who know they're lying to the public, can convince tens of millions of people of those lies. Uh, I, I tell you, it's been really uh, illuminating to me about other periods of history where you had other liars use a powerful megaphone. I could take footage from World War II and find like a little piece of that and convince somebody it's the moon landing because I, you well, can I, find anything. I thought about, I mean, hours. look, look at like Vietnam, you know, there's plenty of footage of Marines and soldiers at their bases uh, you know, hanging out in Saigon, uh, you know, in off time. I mean, you can take video of anybody in the course of a day. That was so embarrassing. That was, it was just, I'm just embarrassed all around. I'm, I'm, I'm cringing internally over here. Joining me now, Danielle D'Souza Gill, host of Counterculture for the Epic Times. Danielle, I, I don't... I don't know exactly what to make of the fact that one of those guys has a TV show, the other one's still in Congress, the other one used to be in Congress. The people who lead this country are so embarrassing. 
They're so embarrassing. And, you know, what Anderson Cooper was saying is so crazy because even if you're, you know, he's implying the fact that, oh, look, the Capitol Police only led people through for a little bit. They only led people through the Capitol on purpose. Well, it doesn't really matter what was happening in the rest of the 40,000 hours of footage. The fact that we know that completely changes uh, the dynamic of thinking, you know, why you were walking through the Capitol if you have a, a, an officer guiding you through the Capitol, just as an example. And yet a lot of these January 6th defendants were unable to use this footage in their defense to say, hey, you know, I actually thought that I was doing something that was okay. Um, this person is in law enforcement. And so they were completely unable to use this in their defense. And it, it, again, it just, it doesn't even matter if we see every single hour of footage. I think we should see it all. All of the footage should be released. And I think everybody should be able to see all of it and other journalists also. But it doesn't matter because we know that and that is just completely abominable. One of the stories that's not getting very much play at all that, in my opinion, is very revealing about a lot of things is Benny Thompson, the idiot who was the head of the January 6th committee, admitted that he didn't even look at it. Quote, had a team of employees who kind of went through the video, is what he said. Basically said he hadn't even seen it. So, Danielle, I think we have a serious problem in this country in that even the older Democrats who may be a little bit more moderate on things they don't actually do anything. The young communists they hire right out of Harvard are the ones running things and therefore are the ones that are de facto running the country. Right. And I'm sure that he thought, you know what, January 6th, all that it matters to him is that this is a way that we can get Trump. This is something we can use against him. And so from the beginning, the left had their talking points. They had their plan of how they were going to utilize January 6th. And so there was no care into what actually occurred on January 6th. None of those politicians probably even cared to watch this footage because it doesn't change their outlook on the actual event. Whereas the American people would say, wow, you know, this is actually something that I wish we knew two years ago. Um, and so, yeah, it's just it's horrible that these people are in office, even though they literally don't even care about the truth of what the surveillance video shows. Danielle, the other side obviously is as scummy as they come, but I get more angry at our side than anything else. Our side helping them form a false narrative every time. We have senators like Mitch McConnell, John Thune, Kevin Kramer, Tom Tillis. I could go on and on and on down the list. John Cornyn of Texas may be the biggest turd in the United States of America. They actually join the Democrats so often that we don't have a chance to fight back because we don't have an opposition party. Yeah, I think that a lot of those politicians, they spend way too much time in D.C., they go to cocktail parties together, they hang out all the time. So to them, that's their world. They don't actually live in the world of, for example, Texas, or where a lot of actually these other senators come from are southern states. They're red states. They're places that we could have elected someone who is really hardcore and would keep getting reelected, not a swing district. Um but they're career politicians who end up staying in D.C. too long. And unfortunately, they care so much about what the left-wing media thinks. Even though the left-wing media has lost trust, a lot of people don't even tune into it anymore. We see right-wing media actually more being more popular. So, But that's what they care about. They care about that having good coverage. And so Mitt Romney instead wants to come out and you know get some points with the left because he personally hates Trump and whatever. And so January 6th is kind of their way to stick it to Trump and keep up this narrative. I mean, I don't know how many years they can keep up this narrative at a certain point. It's 
it's like, it's time to move on. Although it's good we're seeing the truth, but they just want to use this for their own agenda. Do you think there's, deep down, do you think there are any of these people who understand the damage they've done to the country, the loss of institutional trust, trust just by their ongoing rabid effort to get Trump? Look, if even if the guy was the Antichrist, he is not near as bad, could not do near the damage they have done in an effort to get rid of him. Do you think any of them can see it? It's amazing how they're willing to torpedo their own organizations and their own career just because they hate Trump. It reminds me of the social media companies, uh, Facebook, for example, that does crazy censorship if you're pro-Trump. And yet that would be ad revenue for them. Those would be people who are drawing eyeballs to their page, bringing attention to Facebook, yet they don't care about that. At a certain point, we think as conservatives, oh, you know, they must have self-interest. Maybe they do um, think about that. But at the end of the day, they're activists. A lot of these people who infiltrate um, not just social media companies, but other woke companies, as you mentioned, the activists who work for these politicians who end up deciding a lot of things, um, they're bleeding heart liberals who are willing to torpedo themselves and their own companies just because they hate Trump and have this Trump derangement syndrome. They always say, you know, we have this undying loyalty to Trump. We're, you know, MAGA idiots and so on, which we, of course, are not. But they actually have a much more devout hatred of Trump, I would say, that's mindless and really not even rooted. And again, the facts, looking at what happened on January 6th as an example to change someone's mind because an independent person watching something like that might say, yeah, you know, I'd like to learn more. I do think there was government involvement. And polling has showed a lot of people actually do think that the government played a role in January 6th. Yeah, well, that's because they did. Jim Jordan questioned Michael Schellenberger today. I enjoyed this little exchange. Schellenberger, are you a Republican? No, I'm not. You got a, you got any you know pro Trump bumper stickers on your car? I voted for Biden. Voted for Biden. You, you know any MAGA hats laying around your house, right? I do not. Yeah, but you said earlier, both you, and Mr. Taibbi, said this is the most chilling thing you have ever seen as journalists. Mr. Taibbi, the same thing. You're not a Republican either, right? No, no. I'm not. You didn't vote for. I mean, like. This is about protecting the First Amendment. Danielle, here's my problem with that. Yeah, I like the exchange. I like the, the work those guys are doing. But my issue is all these people who vote Democrat in the country just like that, who don't seem to be able to make the connection that they're voting for the communists, they're voting for the communism they are now complaining about all the time. I'm going to go vote Democrat every time. Oh, wow, they're assaulting the First Amendment. Do any, does anyone take accountability for their vote anymore? At the end of the day, I, I think sometimes these left-wing journalists, they're so deep into the hole of the leftist bubble that they actually don't even see themselves that way. They think that they are probably really good people. They think that, oh, wow, I'm so open-minded. I vote for liberals. That means I care about people. I'm such a nice person. Even though they're being whistleblowers and they're the ones that are unveiling this, this horrible information um, going on that leftists are doing, they think to themselves, well, I'm better than that. And in some ways that they are, that that's great. I, I'm glad that they're, they're willing to call out those people. But um, at the end of the day, I think they just kind of want to protect themselves because if they were to become a true whistleblower, you know, Project Veritas style, walk away from something, that involves a lot of sacrifice and giving up things in your life. And 
a lot of liberals don't want to do that. They want to live in hog heaven, live at the top while criminals, you know, wreak havoc on the poor people who are, you know, running businesses and so on. So they, they just they just are in their bubble and they have no sense of this. Danielle, appreciate you. Come back soon. Thank you. All right. We have more. My buddy Josh Hammer is going to give us a little culture war update in a moment. Now let me give you a little update. You've seen me, how many times have you seen me reach into my pocket and pull out my Grip6 wallet? And I know what you're thinking every time I pull out my Grip6 wallet. Jesse, you're so handsome and wow, that wallet is the best thing I've ever seen. I know that's what you're thinking because my cards are locked into the wallet. Hard case, RFID protection. Nobody's going to rip off my credit cards whenever I want them. I just squeeze it and they pop out. My sons love playing with it, by the way. Well, did you know that Grip6 has a factory seconds sale? Uh, that's the good news. The bad news is the clock is ticking. It is March 9th. I have that right, right, Mr. Producer? March 9th? That means you have six days. March 15th, this thing ends. 40% off factory seconds. Have you been wanting one? Just waiting to save some cash? Now's the time. Check out their socks and belts while you're there. 40% off. Grip6.com slash Jesse. All right? It's all there. Grip6.com slash Jesse. Save yourself a bunch of money. We'll be back. Now we're really worried about protecting children from seeing nudity online. Apparently that is of such paramount importance that we don't care if Vladimir Putin has a red carpet to interfere in our elections. No, we need to protect our children from seeing some nudity. That is what is so important that we need an amendment on the floor. What? Joining me now, my buddy Josh Hammer of The Josh Hammer Show. Josh, you know, I guess you could give these people the benefit of the doubt if you're a nicer and better person than I am. But really, it just seems like these people really want to touch kids. Jesse, what the hell did we just hear? I, I, I mean, I am yeah, just I as baffled as I, I, I am, I'm just as baffled as you are. I mean, when did the Democratic Party openly come out in favor of flooding the Internet with pornography and nudity? I mean, once upon a time, there was a consensus in this country that children's innocence was something to be cherished and protected really by all means necessary. I, I mean, there is arguably nothing more important that political statesmen can and should do than protect the innocence of children. And as Democrats, like we saw in this clip here, just go further and further down this terrible rabbit hole of openly trying to groom kids in elementary school and flood the internet with nudity and pornography, you know, the, an opportunity arises. This is the natural corollary. An opportunity arises for Republicans if they will only take advantage of it the way the governor DeSantis has in Florida and others. Just my column last week, Jesse, I argue that parents and children are the Republican Party future. They can center everything around kind of protecting parental rights, the innocence of children, and the integrity and sanctity of the family unit. That is a winning message for Republicans against schmucks like this guy. Okay, let's get to Heavy D because I saw that he was, of course, called accused of, of being a fascist and he's banning books. And so Heavy D, which I really love, just started to go through some of the books publicly that they were banning and they cut the feed because the books they wanted to give our children were so perverse. Josh, I need you to explain to me why this obsession 
with sexualizing kids. I think I know what it is. I think they want them broken. I think they want them broken away from their parents. I think they want them mentally broken. I don't think they want them forming families because a single 19-year-old who cut his penis off is going to vote Democrat for most of his life until he commits suicide at 25. Look, if you go back to kind of the origins of Marxism, you know, the destruction of the nuclear family, the assault on children, the the lessening of the bonds that hold parents and children and the family together. These are literally kind of going back to Marx, Lenin, the Bolsheviks. I mean, think about no-fault divorce. You know, no-fault divorce has really kind of became popular in the U.S. as part of kind of the 1960s cultural revolution and the liberalization of divorce laws. Jesse, do you know, like, who was the first person to propose no-fault divorce? It's a very telling answer. It was Bolsheviks. It was literally in revolutionary Russia in the late 19-teens on the eve of Lenin's rise to power. It all makes sense. I mean, this is always what they've been trying to do. They're just finding new ways to do it. I mean, think about Ecclesiastes. There's nothing new under the sun. You know, what's old is new again. They're just finding different means to accomplish these same ends that they are trying to do. And again, the, the onus falls on Republicans to do just like DeSantis did here. Play it for the for the world. Show how utterly depraved it is. Again, these are politically winning stances for Republicans because they are the Democrats and the left. They are just so, so, so out to town on this one. Speaking of DeSantis, I, I just I find the naivete of some people to be shocking. He's heading to Iowa this week to address the Iowa Republicans. He's heading there a few days before Trump heads to Iowa and does the exact same thing. Josh, anytime I bring up the heavy D Trump fight that has obviously already begun, I get somebody who will yell at me. He hasn't even announced he's running. Josh, for the kids in the back, would you please explain to everybody, Heavy D is not only running, he's been running for a while. He's smartly running a shadow campaign until he has to officially run. Look, uh, Jesse, I'm not going to like tell you that Ron DeSantis is running for president because he obviously, by definition, has not announced that he's running for president. But he obviously is putting all of the pieces into place so that if and you know from my perspective hopefully when he does make that announcement then it will be a very smooth transition you know his book is a number one amazon bestseller already i mean he's going around to california doing the reagan day dinner at an orange county he's been uh, in texas houston dallas he's in iowa he, he's doing literally everything that you normally would do if you're trying to mount a run for president but, you know, he obviously has not by definition announced quite yet. So I, I guess we'll see. But obviously he's put all the pieces together right now. Josh, appreciate it, man. It's the Josh Hammer Show. Thank you, bud. Anytime, Jesse. All right. We have a, I think maybe it's time for some age limits, don't you, for, for politics? I think we should raise the minimum age and lower the maximum age. We need to, we need to sandwich here now. Before we get to that, let's get to this. Let's get to springtime. It's wonderful, right? It's a beautiful time. Everyone's favorite season, springtime. Allergy time. You can just, you can look out and you can just see the pollen in the air and then you start to feel it in your eyes and you wake up and you're snotting. Oh, oh I know what it's like. You want some relief from that? Without pills? Because I don't like pills. Why don't you go get yourself an Eden Pure Thunderstorm three pack? Just this little black box. You open it up and you think, what is this thing? It goes right in the outlet in the wall. Hardly makes any noise at all. We don't even own allergy medication in our house anymore. It's miraculous. It doesn't just kill the viruses and mold in the air. It fixed my allergies. I've had allergies since I was 10. EdenPureDeals.com. Code Jesse gets you 200 
$100 off a three-pack. They have three packs for sale. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back. All right. It is time to lighten the mood. And in, I, think it, I think it's time for an age limit on people who get elected to office, House, Senate, presidency. We very clearly have some sort of a reality disconnect here in this country, but we'll get to that in a moment. Before we get to that, I don't want you to take that as an indictment on getting older. Your dog's going to get older. You know that? My dog's going to get older. More than once, I've had to make that walk out back with my dad and shovel in my hand and bury my dog that I love, and it's just basically the worst freaking thing ever, is it not? I give my dog rough, rough greens because I understand that's the only way he'll get the vitamins, minerals, probiotics, digestive enzymes. That's the only way he will ever get that nutrition. Your dog's food, my dog's food, it's dead. They kill everything in it. There's, there's nothing in it. They have to add lard to it so your dog won't even eat it. Rough Greens is a supplement. You pour it on the food, all natural. Watch your dog change. My dog doesn't have digestive issues anymore. Your dog have joint pain. Maybe your dog's coat's getting a little, uh, your dog too lethargic or too hyperactive. Try it. Free jumpstart trial bag. Try a free jumpstart trial bag right now and you tell me the difference in your dog. Roughgreens.com slash Jesse. This stuff is miraculous, man. Roughgreens.com slash Jesse. Now, maybe you maybe you don't think we should have an age limit on Congress. Well, just look at this. Yet you yourself posted on your your um, I guess it's kind of like a web page, and don't quite understand what Substack is, but uh, that what I can say is that. I don't expect everyone in the world to know what Substack is, but if you're interviewing somebody, if you're having a hearing with somebody and they are a Substack journalist, don't you think maybe that should be something you should look into? Oh, oh, wait, there's more. There was this little gem. In, um, in your discussion, in your answer, you also said that you were invited by a friend, Barry Weiss. My friend Barry Weiss. So this friend works for Twitter, or what is what is her? Um... She's a journalist. Sir, I didn't ask you a question. I'm I'm now asking Mr. Schellenberger a question. Please yes, ma'am. Barry Weiss is a journalist. I'm sorry, sir. She's a journalist. She's a journalist. So you work in concert with her? Um, yeah. Do you know when she first uh, was contacted by Mr. Musk? I I don't know. You don't know. So you're in this as a threesome? <laughs> um. There was many more people involved than that. There was many more people involved with it. I'll see you tomorrow. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.